head this way. Get into the hold and, um, hey, Luke. Yeah, what's up, bud? I'm either high or that's an orchestra in the cargo hold. Yeah, you remember when we were going through New York? Yeah. And, and like, there was a place called the Radio City Music Hall. Yeah. And they were just giving away an orchestra. And I thought, hey, Radio City, they're radio, I'm radio. They were literally just giving away an entire orchestra. Luke, these are people. And? They're people in our cargo hold. They're an orchestra. Why do we have an orchestra in our cargo hold? Well, Tim, I don't know if you know this, but musical theater is one of my huge passions. You brought an orchestra across the Atlantic Ocean. Tim, I think I I can explain this through a tune. So, guys, a one, two, three. How do you solve a problem like Ferrari? How do you take potential and throw it down? How do you find a word for Ferrari? A scuderia, Mattia Bonato, a clown. Well, what do you think? I mean, it's not perfect, but musical theater takes practice. You can't just assemble, you know, cats in one day. So it's coming along nice, though. It's not bad. It's not bad, sir. I can't lie to you. It does sound very, very nice. I, however... I'm going to go go work on our defense for the inevitable charge of human trafficking that we're going to get lobbied against us by whatever government catches us with these people. So, yeah, that's about that. So we can still work on this. Yeah, sure. All right, you heard it, guys. Next tune. And a one, and a two, and a three. This is the Formation Lab. Welcome one, welcome all to the audio circus known as the Formation Lap Podcast. This is the only podcast that does both musicals and race reviews, and you can Google that, unlike our other claims. Go ahead, we dare you. The dulcet tones of Luke Clevenger grace our show, and no one else kind of sings with it. No, no. Maybe it, uh, maybe a box of spanners in, no. uh, in Australia, but not even them. No, no. Mm-mm. You don't? ESPN F1 podcast? Uh, do they sing Sound of Music? No, sir. Uh-uh. No. <laughs> uh, so this is obviously a podcast where we talk about Italy. Just the whole concept of Italy. Not physical yes. features, not people. Just the concept of what's Italian and what's not. Uh, Tim, I see you have prepared and you have scribbled hastily on a sheet here. Yes. Monza. Correct. And I'm thankful that you actually did prepare because that is very Italian. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this entire weekend was so Italian. This is, oh, what a weekend. So I think, And I think it was really primed, uh, Luke, when we, when we tuned in on Friday to some of the practices and some of the people in the media center were treated, indeed entertained, by some of the F1 uh, marketing where (laughs) we saw a thing that said, (laughs) follow the rules, be Italian, use gesture, (laughs) not, not, you know, not mouthing words, just wear a mask, follow all the rules. It had the Italian like chef's kiss hand gesture. (laughs) It was perfect. Which if, if you guys, you all haven't been in the recording studio that we use, but rest assured that Tim sent that and... I believe Dylan actually took a pot shot at me because in this recording studio, every time I chef's kiss, I, I actually do the motion. I do talk with my hands on, on air a lot. You are the least, you are the most Italian, non-Italian guy ever. 
No, no, German Irish, actually, if you'll believe I, it. I'm, I'm just saying, you're you're very Italian. Or in terms of uh, European lineage standards, I'm just plain old American. But it's, I think it's good that you're, you know, the mix that you are, because I, I think Italians would uh, kind of ban you from any stake to the claim after they taste your cooking. Oh, that's fair. That's fair. Hey, I make a mean macaroni and cheese with hot sauce, okay? <laughs> well, everything's better with hot sauce. Luke. Put a little bit of Frank's in whatever mac and cheese you make, and it makes your day better. That's oh. Luke's cooking secret. Now, let's get on to Luke's racing secret. If you want to be successful at racing, yeah, don't crash your car. Hey, if you want to be successful at racing right now, don't drive for Ferrari. <laughs> no, don't. <laughs> Seriously. Charles Leclerc must be looking at the rest of his career thinking, oh, God, what have I done? <laughs> what have I done? It is over. The, the, the catch-22 is that if he, if he wants to move somewhere else, the press is going to be like, you throw away a drive at Ferrari. <laughs> it, it'll be a bit of that, but is, is he the current day, the modern day Jean Lacey? Expand. Because he's in a car that's terribly inferior, but he's a he's a ferocious talent that outdrives the daylights out of it clearly, and he outdrove it into a wall. But you know he's clearly deserves a better car, and they can't give it to him. But he'll be wasted forever in there and in in the middling kind of group for the rest of his career because Ferrari just can't get their ish together. Bit of like a Yarno Truly vibe too. Yeah, yeah. a little bit. Yep. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that because Ferrari is going to. They have just this entire darkness about where they are now and their future. Right. And I don't – I think Charles Leclerc, by the time Ferrari's championship level again, is going to be mid-prime or back end of his career. I would say back end. Back Kid, end of his the, career. Because the deficit right now, <laughs> The deficit cow. is big. It's really, really big. Like – But – I just you feel bad for him, and you also feel bad for Carlos Sainz, who signs a contract and then realizes what he's just done. And he was so close. Oh, anyway, but we're we're getting our head of ourselves. Yes, yes. Let's, this let's week, pump the brakes. This week, the Italian Grand Prix. Tim, I we occasionally like to just give grades right off the bat. Tim, your grade for the Italian Grand Prix. A. I, I'm giving it an A plus. Ooh, high praise indeed. The reason I don't give it the plus is. Absolutely no reason at all. To be honest with you, I, I really did. I, I have no good justification. I just don't want to give out the plus. But you don't want to give it to out. Say, it feels bad to give out a 100 out of 100 because in a way it cheapens the possibility of a better race. Right. And the, but, oh, I know why. Because I think the penalty that was given out or the uh, and the well, the penalties that were given out were great. Mm-hmm. It's, they should have absolutely happened that way. But um, during the red flag, there was an incident. And I think that that, that, was, is a, that was a cheap baloney way to do it because it stole a 2-3 from a specific team. Yeah. Uh, do you want to get in to the Italian Grand Prix? Let's. Because I, I loved this race. Hey, we talked enjoy every sandwich, right? This was... Oh, Italy we, makes a good sandwich. We, 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 we've been eating Subway sandwiches for the last few weeks and we just got like... I mean, just a, a fat like a Michelin five or a Michelin three star restaurant version of a sandwich, where you're just like, oh my oh god, my gosh, how is what this is a sandwich? How is it possible that they made something this exquisite? Like, like we just got handed like the best Philly cheesesteak you've ever had at Pat's or Gino's down in Philadelphia, where you just look at it and you're like, it didn't look good before, but the second you took a bite, you're like, oh my gosh, this is the greatest thing I've ever had in my life. For all of our Philly fans out there, yeah. Um, Shout out to Philadelphia. You guys are way, way better than Pittsburgh. City of, uh, ooh, 
<laughs> no, that's a lie. That <laughs> Pittsburgh's beautiful. Ooh, Pittsburgh's the, beautiful. There, buddy. I'm going to have to take issue with that. <laughs> uh, Pittsburgh does have the best baseball fans uh, ever because uh, when they come here to St. Louis, typically if I strike up a conversation, we start talking ball, they buy me a beer. That's great. Hey. But anyway, neither here nor Italian there. Italian GP. Tasty Italian sandwich. G- tasty, tasty sandwich. But honestly, if you haven't seen this, do yourself a favor. Sit down and watch every bit of it because it's just it's fantastic. And if you have friends that aren't into Formula One yet or aren't into open-seater race or open-wheel racing. Or just racing. Say, or just racing. I would say sit them down and let them watch this. Tell them Pierre Gasly's story and then sit them down and we'll let them watch it. I would I would, t- I would, would not tell them Pierre Gasly's story ahead of time. I would tell them Pierre Gasly's story uh, about lap 35 or so when he's in the lead and be like, this, is gonna, this would be so special if he won because, like – the the story that he has and he's so close but if he gets it taken away like it it would be tragic but also Carlos Sainz has a phenomenal story a McLaren story and but don't tell it ahead of time because you don't want them thinking who is this Pierre Gasly kid that's gonna win don't let them go in but no yeah around lap 35 when he's in the lead tell them you know, hey, he was in the Red Bull seat last year. He got demoted. The first race back from his demotion, his best friend died. And the last one of the last conversations he had with his best friend was uh, told them to prove them wrong. Yeah. And boy, did he. Boy, howdy. Oh, uh, so anyway. Let's uh, let's get down to the teams. Tim, do you want to explain how we go, what team order we go in? Yes, so we go back to front. Uh, so starting off with the worst teams and then ending up with the winners. Not, Sometimes they get intermingled. Right, not in terms of like championship standings or point standings, just what team is in 20th spot, what team is in 19th spot. Right. So if a team finishes 20th and first, they're the first team we mention. Correct. So... Um, but that that's kind of how it goes this week. To set the stage for this weekend, going into it, we knew a few things. One, Monza's a power circuit. So there there was one team that's going to be on the back foot, and that's anybody that's Ferrari-powered. Yeah. Because Ferrari can't cheat anymore. Um, and then two, engine modes were uh, banned for this weekend. So you couldn't have the party mode. Overtake mode. Overtake mode. None of that. No scenario sevens for McLaren. No uh, party modes for for Mercedes. So that was all gone. You couldn't do any of that anymore. Um, and then three, it was the last weekend for Williams. Um, Claire, Will- the Williams family. The Williams, Williams family. F1 yep. is going to stick around. We can get into that later. Um, but the Williams family, but there was Claire a bit of, is stepping back. Yeah, Right. And there was a bit of to do about that. So that's those were the three big storylines going into the weekend. And then race day came. Qualifying was really interesting. It was Qualifi- neck and neck. It was, I think, what was it, six hundredths of a second that, se- that separated uh, Val- Lewis from Valtteri? Yeah, and Valtteri actually set a all-time track record only to have Lewis take it by six hundredths. That's, um, that's a kick in the nuts. <laughs> it really is, but uh, I don't think it would have made a difference for Valtteri. One of the things, too, was uh, the... The toe became such an issue that, again, this year, you remember last year, a lot of guys failed to even cross the line in order to start a flying lap in, right. uh, I think that was Q3 of last year, actually. Right. Um, this year, you had guys do that, but they were all so bunched up, like, just from the formation lap, that it was a disaster in waiting. They were basically racing each other during qualification, and that's not what you want. You want, you know, about a second gap or so between them. Uh, Monza's qualifying is almost... It's more interesting than a lot of races, not this year's, uh, but uh, it almost deserves like a look at like, is there a certain way we can 
tweak this to avoid disasters like this? Because we're going to have another one of those disasters in the Bahrain Outer Circuit on December 6th. Oh, absolutely. And, and F1 kind of needs to look at that and be like, okay, look, we're, we're on to something with this qualification scenario, right? It's right. okay, but we can't have that because we're putting drivers at risk and there's too much to gain by doing dangerous and or stupid and silly things. Correct. So, oh, but anyway, that that shenanigans aside. Shenanigans aside. It was an exciting qualifying session. It and really was. To the point where I even, and I'll, I, will, I will completely freely admit to this on air, I genuinely thought that that was going to be it for the entertainment value because Monza, unless there's something, you know, good at the sharp end where Charles is getting hunted down by Lewis, it, it's not that exciting of a track. It's just power, and there are not a lot of great overtaking opportunities. Right. You need you need cars that are very similar in terms of downforce and the ability to, like, go around corners because there's not really anywhere. There's no difference in the fast sector versus the slow sector. Right. If you're fast, you're fast, and you can't – if you're slow, you're never going to gain up on those other teams. Correct. So, um, so we just didn't know how it was going to go. I thought it was going to be boring. Boy, was I! Am I so happy to be wrong? Yeah, you were. Um, you were hella wrong. So I actually, so the race time here in the uh, Central Standard Time here in St. Louis uh, was eight a.m., and I slept in because I work a lot and I'm tired. Oh, so you, you, oh. I woke up to something like fifty text messages from Luke and our our, our little group uh, that that watches racing closely together. And I'm like, uh oh, something, something's up. Something's going on. So I sit down to watch the race, and you, it starts off. Interestingly, there seems to be a a, la- a turn one incident where uh, Albon does get a penalty, not for that, but for, uh, I think, the second lap. There mm-hmm. was something between him. But it all seems kind of interesting, and then everything starts to hit the fan. Yeah. But let's start at the back of the grid with Ferrari. Mamma mia. Two DNFs. Uh, two pretty spectacular failures. Yeah, um, do you want to start? Yeah, you want to start Seb. on the first, right? Yeah. Seb on lap six, and even lap six when that happened, I was like, this still has the potential to be a kind of snoozer race because if I'm being real, Tim, um, I thoroughly expected Seb to have a big issue at Monza, whether it's engine, whether it's pace, whether it's losing the car, whether it's a brake failure. I didn't expect any Ferrari. I, I didn't expect any Ferrari to finish on the lead lap. If I'm if I'm being 100 percent real with you, no. I and we and called that actually on the last podcast. We did. We absolutely did. And but that's not what happened. Unfortunately, what happened was going down the main straight, the start finish straight. Uh, Seb lost brakes. <laughs> he just completely, completely lost. He them. completely lost them. They were gone. Brake failure left. Uh, I believe it was the rear brakes, uh, as probably as well as like everything else. Yeah. But he went straight through the uh, safety route and just tore into the polystyrene, the polystyrene boards. boards, which, you know, they just exploded. Led to some great memes, though, because, like, he's blowing through them. You see this polystyrene flying everywhere. It's like, you know, it's like, hey, babe, come over. I can't. Mattia Bonato ate home. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> But it was it was interesting, but, but like it was, he, but it was a, it was impressive because it wasn't a power failure, right? It was a, it was a brake failure. So there's a lot wrong with this Ferrari car, and he actually had to nurse it and kill the engine at just the right time to coast into the pit, uh, so that he could park the car up yeah. and and Which, not go anywhere. Loki so, is an impressive bit of driving, but. It was, <laughs> 
I would put it in the high key. I'm yeah. thrilled by that. I was like, wow, the that fact, takes some skill. The fact he got back without a yellow flag, um, without a complete course like yellow flag, is insane. Uh, because he, that Ferrari engine is so unreliable. I when he tried to start nursing it, I was like, something's gonna go wrong here with the fact of like you know it's gonna sputter out on him or something oh, on yeah. the way back. Uh, so. Vettel did not surprise me that he right. had an issue. The surprise was that it wasn't a power issue. It, everything on that Ferrari is wrong. Yeah, it's it, just the it's, downforce is wrong. The engine is wrong. Now the brakes are blowing up. <laughs> it's like, yeah, the, as uh, Vettel actually was interviewed afterward, and I'm reading uh, from the Motorsport.com piece by uh, Jonathan Noble, uh, where he is quoted to say, uh, "There are no shortcuts to end Ferrari's suffering." No, Ooh, that's, that's a rough. Vettel quote. That's a Vettel. We don't quote. even have to put that through the F1 translator. No, which did move uh, studios and is on our boat now. We, exactly. we moved from Studio One on our boat to Studio Two on our boat um, yeah. because Studio One was claimed by somebody else. But it, yeah, the there's orchestra an, yeah, that you somehow smuggled on. Look, the boat. all right, it sounded fantastic. You I'm cannot admit that that is an all-time intro. Thank you to the orchestra. Well, well, well done, guys. Um, but let's put it this way. No, you don't have to. And he's getting more aggressive. And I Vettel think is. Vettel is, yeah, in, in his... Uh, Quotes. Rhetoric. Yeah. Yes. His, it's getting more ramped up. But, uh, but that was rough to see. And then after a safety car, Charles Leclerc decided to really put it on the line. And I think this kind of is a chink in the armor as it were, he's still developing his racecraft. He doesn't know yes. when to hold him, when to fold him, mm-hmm. because he was going all out, and he, through the parabolica, lost control of the car. I don't I don't hold this against Charles Leclerc at all, because one of the things about his, his racecraft and his car, and, you know, sometimes you say, like, oh, you out-talent the car. I don't think that's quite what it was. I just think the car was slow enough and wasn't performing well enough that the only way that a competitor like that has, right, to really compete is I have to get every drip, squeeze every last drop of juice out of my car, right? And you don't see that happening with, like, you know, you saw that happening with McLaren, but only when Carlos Sainz is like, oh, I really have to catch up to Pierre Gasly. You don't see Mercedes doing that. Mercedes never has to test the widths of, you know, Mm. how good their car is. Charles Leclerc had to push it. It was the only option he had to actually be mediocrely competitive, even find the points. Right. So it, I don't hold that against him at all. If he, if he pushes the car that far past it where it steps out like it did, that is because you built a car that was so bad he had to push it the entire race. Correct, but I would say you have to know where it is. Like yeah. you know when you know you're pushing the car too hard. But I will say uh, that happened – what? Uh, that was lap 27. So yeah. we had 53 laps. So just at the halfway point, that got rough because he went full speed into the tire barrier, and they actually had to red flag the session. That was very scary. You were it catching was. up, and we were about 10 laps to go, and you hit that point in the race. Yeah. And you you were like, guys, please just spoil this part for me. Charles Leclerc is, Leclerc is okay. And we had to be like, yeah, dude, he's fine. He walked away. Actually, lightly jogged away, kind of. But, yeah. uh, but that, the, that could have been very dangerous. It, it was extremely dangerous. And, yeah, I was worried about his safety when he first went in. And so I'm, I was kind of glad that I got you guys had gotten a head start. I'm like, oh, please tell me he's okay. But he went full speed, so they had to red flag the session uh, to continue on. And that set up some shenanigans. Um, for, that we later. Talk to, yes, yeah. for later. Yes, for later. But, Luke, I actually have a proposal. 
I will hear your proposal. Um, I want to give a hot take. A hot take, hot takes away. Would you like me to play the sound? Yes, I would love my sounder. Okay, well, let me let me pull this up. All right, well, prepare your hot take. All right, just kind of warm your jaws up here. Right. Got it. All right, and three, two. It's time for bold predictions. Bold? Well, hell yes, it's bold. This is really bold. So bold it's not recommended for human consumption. That's how bold this stuff is, you little Chris. And I mean it's bold. Now, Tim, this is a bold, bold takes. Is this it is hot? Bold prediction. Is it both hot and bold? It is. It is so bold. It's so bold. <clears throat> I think. Be so- bold. I think Sebastian Vettel walks this week from Ferrari. This week? Yes. I think he after, announces his move to Aston. After or before Mugello? Before. Before? Yep. So you're giving yourself literally three days to be wrong here. That's right. <laughs> yep. <laughs> okay. Yep. All right. I think I think he announces it Thursday. Do you think he announces it? Um, Tim, that is very bold. Bold! Bold! But I think it's also totally reasonable. <laughs> Because, I mean, he's just ramping up the, the talk. I think he's going to do it. And I think he wants to really ish in the serial of Ferrari. He, I, I would not doubt that because it, Ferrari is going to have a terrible weekend. And I oh, cannot be see it being – I cannot see it going well for Ferrari. And I cannot see Sebastian Vettel not taking joy in the fact that even if he drives the wheel off of the car – both him and Charles Leclerc might not finish in the points or on the lead lap in their thousandth Grand Prix. Yeah. And Even I think if he just, drives perfectly. Right. Uh, and, and so I think uh, <laughs> I think that's what's going to happen. But anyway. I love your so little, like, mine. in the middle of, I think that's going to. Because I just keep thinking, I just want to see Mattia Bonato's face when he does it. Oh, my gosh. Because <laughs> it's, it's, he has to do it in this epic way because they didn't tell him that there was no place for him. They just went and announced it to the press. Yeah, no, they just they went straight so, to the press. Like, what do you do in a breakup like that? You stab the other person back pretty hard. Uh, so I am just... <laughs> can you imagine his face? He's just, it is unfortunate that we have to come to this. And Wide-eyed, be, oh, middle-aged, Harry Potter-looking dude. Just like, just it so is sad. very unfortunate. It is so unfortunate that He's he felt... He's like looking over his, his back because he knows the ghost of Enzo Ferrari is going to like come up and stab him. He might, but uh, but no, it's going to be really, really good. So anyway, that is Ferrari, and nothing good happened for Ferrari Power this weekend No, as we move up the board to Haas. I think there's one positive story in terms of, like, actually exceeding expectations, and it belongs to Haas, but Haas had a mixed bag. So uh, we talked about the red flag, uh, right, and we'll get to that whole shenanigan, but what really tumbled this race out of control was Kevin Magnuson, his Ferrari power unit. I haven't seen what it specifically it was. I just know he goes, uh, something broke, <laughs> which was made me chuckle. Um, his Ferrari engine goes bang right in the middle of Parabolica, right? And the only way that he, the, like the safest place he could really put himself was on the inside of the turn because it's Parabolica. You saw with Charles Leclerc, if you wreck Parabolica, you go high speed, straight out right so the safest part was easily the interior of that turn there's no way you're going to hit the interior of that turn by accident no um unfortunately that's right at pit entry (laughs) right there oops yep and it was it's also interesting because the first person around that corner is obviously going to be the leader going a very very fast rate uh Mm -hmm. aka 
Lewis Hamilton. Yeah. And what do you do to a safety car? Free pit stops. Sweet. Uh-huh. So, you you know, your first round of pit stops, you may as well take it now. So Lewis goes diving into the pits. And all the other pit crews come out. McLaren comes out. Red Bull comes out. Alpha Tauri comes out. Uh, you know, Renault. Everybody was out. And the announcers got really confused. Because the first shock, and it was a shock to the viewer as well, was that McLaren wasn't pitting. And that was me going, did Carlos Sainz just throw away his race yeah. because he didn't pit? What? But then no one comes in. They're like, uh, we don't know why no one's pitting. Oh, the red X's. The, the pit lane is closed. Yeah. Well, the announcers they, got that little, like, ever, so on all of their monitors uh, for F1 and for the... Uh, for F1 and for uh, the the announcers, on your little boxes, F1 can override and they'll send like a signal that says, you know, big flashing pit lanes closed, right? Yeah. So when you, you know, it's hard not to see as a team. It's right there on your computer and F1 sends it straight to you like a big boop, boop, pit yeah. lanes closed. Yeah. It, I don't know how they missed it, but that's a talk for Mercedes. Yeah, that is a talk for Mercedes, but they missed it. And so penalties ensue. Right. And the yellow, the safety car keeps going, and Lewis does come out in in the front. Um, Haas, Haas, but uh, but yeah, Haas. We're on Haas. We're on Haas. Uh, we're not. It's Roman, so easy to find to like so slip easy. right into the madness. But here's the here's the other part of the mixed bag. Romain Grosjean. He outperformed the rest of the of the Ferrari cars. And Derek, okay, I know Ferrari had two DNFs, right? But he was faster than the Alphas. Uh, the, uh, because the alphas slowed down considerably in the later stages, yes, I realize that. Um, but a P, what, a P12, I don't think Ferrari, even running a clean race, was going to finish any higher than P12. No, um, I completely agree. I, I don't think, I mean, you can say, yeah, alpha slowed down, but they ran the entire race. So that was that's just their pace. That's just what they would have run. I think Romain Grosjean was the best Ferrari driver this weekend. I agree. Like, Which is weird. He was and, straight and, up the fastest. And if you're Haas and you look at that, and then you go look at, okay, well, I mean, Bahrain 2, the outer circuit's going to be pretty similar to this. And, and you know, Mugello's kind of a power circuit. Imola's, you know, it's very twisty, but it's flat out. Haas might be able to get some points here. Yeah, they, they didn't do half bad. It's I, not, and, you know, Gene Haas might be pretty happy about that. You know, saying that, hey, we beat the B team, we beat ferrari so and what went wrong with haas this week was not haas f1's fault correct Uh, it was ferrari right it was ferrari's engine that's you that's you so they might be thinking renault has some bandwidth or i'm sorry alpine has some bandwidth (laughs) soon to be uh uh, an engine supplier so that was interesting um but that is pretty much all that happened with haas the next team uh which i'm surprised to see i didn't expect much from them this weekend but I'm kind of, kind of surprised to see that we're it mentioning was so them, bad. Right, we're mentioning them third. Yeah, Red Bull. Yeah, I I put that this is probably the worst week of any team, even outside of Ferrari, because you knew Ferrari was going to be bad. Right, and you expected more out of Red Bull because they have a power unit that can clearly get something done. Right, and you know you don't have you can't turn the wick up uh, anymore like you are with everything else, and I think that was actually a really interesting wrinkle to the later stages where scenario seven wasn't available but we'll we'll get into that here in a bit but red bull you would have thought that max would have had more pace and he didn't right and albon had a miserable race too 
because he had the five-second time penalty. I think it was the second lap that he got that. I don't think it was for the first lap incident because they said that was a racing incident. But um, it was for a second lap incident, but he got a five-second penalty. And uh, Max retires on lap 31 due to some issue that they aren't qualifying. I'm not even sure what that issue was. I don't know if I've ever seen what it was. Have you? I haven't seen a report on what it was. I didn't dig too deep. Yeah, I didn't dig super Um, deep either. But I do know that Max was slagging off Honda over the radio. Ooh. And saying, oh, my God, this power power unit, blah, blah, blah. And he was real angry. And it's like, you don't have it dialed up. The Honda power unit won the race there, buddy. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's the thing. See, I think that I think that the, that's think, an interesting wrinkle because he can't just turn the engine up when he wants to. He he, he has to be like everybody else, right? And it, so Max didn't have that extra edge. He was running like thirteenth when he when he dropped out. Yeah, and Albon, yes, was like seventeenth. But you know, Albon and Albon did have a rough weekend. He was closer to Max though. He was within two tenths of qualifying, which is where Christian Horner said he wanted the second driver mm-hmm. to be. Um, so, interesting. The, the thing the thing about Red Bull that I think makes them the worst weekend is the the races that really matter to them are the races that Mercedes are going to throw away, right? right? That is where Red Bull goes, no, that's us. That's where we snap in. That's where we win. That's it. Hard yeah. stop, right? They cannot afford to lose that, period, right? They're not going to catch up to Mercedes in the standings. There's no way, shape, or form they do. But... In terms of just sheer number of wins, that is your bread and butter. That is the team you are. You are the team that sneaks up and grabs the leftovers, right? right? You don't make the dinner. You just grab the leftovers out of the fridge and go, you didn't eat this, so I'm going to eat this, right? Correct. And And they're running second place right now. Right. In the constructor standing. So you need every bit you can. Because McLaren is right behind I mean they're not right behind you in terms of like standings, but they're behind you, right? You can't you can't let your competitors come up and like grab you mclaren is at 98 points rebels at 158 which is actually a closer gap than red bull has to mercedes but you get it yep you get that but uh but yeah no it was uh and then we oh we go all the way down and looky there renault leapfrogged uh ferrari and yeah. they are only a few points off of uh being lapped by another team alpha tauri interesting yeah, Alpha Tauri. Uh, let's see. Let me do math. I'm not good at math. 14 points, Tim. I think 14 points behind. Yeah, it's it's close. But let's switch to the other Alpha as we go up the road to Alpha Romeo. Um, Antonio Giovinazzi was about as you'd expect. Mediocre. P16. Probably should be replaced by Mick Schumacher. Yeah. Um, uh, speaking of which, as a quick aside, big win for Schumacher. Congratulations. uh, Yeah, Monza. And and that is what you need to start doing, Mick Schumacher, if you really want to be, you know, Michael's son and not Ralph's nephew. Um, (laughs) But uh, Kimi Raikkonen, a P13. Yeah. Uh, This is interesting to me because if you would have told me ahead of time Kimi Raikkonen P13, I would have said, yeah, you know, I I guess Alpha will take that. Yeah. But Um, uh, but at the restart of the red flag. (laughs) They're running second and third on lap 29. So uh, you have to... you ended up exactly where you expected, thereabouts, but you're still mourning what could have been. <laughs> exactly. The it potential. Was the potential. Out of the window. Because they just don't have the power. And they were complete. Kimi Raikkonen, when the red flag went up, mm-hmm. was just a sitting duck. And he got passed almost instantly by Carl- Carlos Sainz, who was on a yeah. rampage. So, I brutal. Ex- I expected 
right, McLaren to just spank up on uh, on, on Alfa Romeo right off the start there, right? Everybody did. But if Alfa Romeo could have salvaged like a 5-6, a 6-7, two cars in the points for crying out loud. But they, they just— They have is- two points to their name. They could have actually, like, they could have had a finish to really— make you think like, uh, oh, them in Alpha Tower, you know. Yeah. But, separate uh, themselves from the Haas and the Williams. But instead, uh they just were sitting ducks out there. They had no power. No, they there had nothing. nothing. And Kimmy actually had personally what I think was a pretty good weekend. He showed some genuine fight because he was at one point leading both Ferraris when they were both still in the race before the brake failure that Seb had. Kimmy off the line made it in front of him. So there's something deeply wrong. With that uh, Ferrari car and uh, Kimmy, old man, ice man, was spanking them. So that was cool to see. Uh, not the greatest result for Alfa Romeo, but... Williams. But Williams. Williams, I thought that this was kind of a... I, I Not the greatest send-off, but I thought it was a th- fitting. And hear it me was. out. Because, look, they didn't get finish in the points. And if there's one thing Claire would have liked to see, it would have been points um, to send her out. But P11... From uh, P11 from Nicholas, yeah, Nicholas Latifi, George Russell, and P14, which Nicholas Latifi is quickly becoming one of those drivers who are like, I think he actually has the talent to hack around in Formula One for a while. Um, I do too. And not be, know, not be a great, not be a future champion, but actually be one of those guys like, yeah, he drove for about a decade and he's, yeah, he's all right. He wasn't bad. But that's not too bad of a result. And it's a result that hints at improvement not just hints at it it's straight up an improvement from last year it hints at we're on the way up yeah for both drivers right 14 and 11 and that is kind of the note that i think claire wanted to leave on right exactly is not one of disappointment it's one of things are going to get brighter right the sun will be coming up in about 15 minutes and it's time i step out for the night it's an up note right so so that was really really good but um but yeah so that was them uh Um, real quick Williams, they said they're going to keep the Williams name. Um, are they really going to keep the Williams name? I don't think they will, and I think it's going to be really sad that they won't. Yeah, I don't think they will. I don't think. I, I, I think. I don't think that's any. I think whatever sponsor wants to drop money, the Coca-Cola Formula One team, Monster Energy Formula One team. Yep, someone will. Someone's going to drop money. But it's an investment and it's become, group. It'll be kind of like McLaren, where it's an investment group, and the only thing that kept McLaren from getting its name changed was that they had road cars. Williams doesn't have that. They've yeah. got history, sure. They've got the infrastructure, but outside of racing, they don't have a brand. No, and that is a wasted opportunity to an investment group that looks at dollars. And so, they're going to be doing something else. So, yeah. Anyway, uh, racing Al Point Merton, <laughs> uh, possibly, Pretty, possibly. So their first, the first car, if we're going back to front, was a uh, Sergio Perez P10, last yeah. of the points finishers. <laughs> you have a joke written here, and I don't think yeah, we can't, think we we can't say that. that. Nope. Uh, nope. Finish, FCC fi- won't let us finish be. this sentence. Uh, one pink was really good. Just you know, the other the we, other we was, had one uh, pink smellier. Yeah, but uh, Sergio Perez ended up p- uh, P10, not very fitting of the pace that that car had. No, and I would say that that is disappointment, and I'll also say that uh, for Lance Stroll, the third place is a disappointment. This was probably his race to lose after the red flag. He got so during the red flag session. Disagree, and we can go into that. Okay, let's. Uh, okay. During the red flag, right. 
during the red flag, the rules are if there is a red flag, you can change your tires. Which I think is a silly rule. You want to dissect that just for like a minute and a half real quick here? Yeah. Because that is a stupid rule. If the I race is on agree. pause, the race is on pause. Correct. That's if all you, there is. Right. And if you have to change compounds, you should have to pay a pit, pay the pit penalty. That's the entire reason that that change your compound rule exists is so teams have to pay the pit penalty. Correct. So it was just really, really disappointing that he got to do that. And then he was sitting right behind Gasly uh, in, a, in an inferior Honda car, not not a Honda car, or an inferior, it's a B-team car. Alpha Tauri is just a, yeah. a midfield team. Racing points should have had it. Um, but then they come out and... Uh, Lance Stroll, I think, was quoted as saying something that the the side of the track that the standing restart was done was dirtier, um, which, you know, if anybody's seen the documentary Senna, you know that the clean versus the dirty side of the track is actually a thing where if you start on the racing line, it's easier to get away than maybe where the marbles are on the other side of the track. Mm-hmm. So there maybe is a bit to that. But he also overcooked uh, one of the chicanes trying to make up for it. So he made a mental error as well. He was just never able to catch mm-hmm. up, and Carlos Sainz had him. So I think that yes. Lance Stroll should be very happy with a P3 because had he been forced to pit under a normal circumstance, he is not anywhere near the podium. He's looking at six, seven, eight, no, possibly I'm, lower. Right, but I'm saying if since it broke his way and he did get that, he may as well have won. He should have won. But he didn't. Mm. So he had a bad start. He and he says it was. I a feel dirty like that's side. lifting a looking a gift horse in the mouth. I feel like that is like oh, we're gonna give be. you a podium. And he, you know, I don't want if we're, he's getting gifted a podium. I don't feel like he should be going. Oh, Kubota Kubota would have won. Yeah, but here's the thing. Yes, it was a gift horse. Yes, I'm looking at the mouth. But I'm saying Lance Stroll lacked the talent to make it stick. That's and fair. To, to, and to take anybody else in that seat, Sergio Perez in that position, would have won, period. Mm-hmm. He would have made it work. And I think it belies Lance Stroll's lack of talent. Okay. All right. So, I'll hear you. So, yeah, that's that's what I had to say there. But that wraps up Racing Point now on to, to, the, to, the, to the meaty, the meaty <laughs> part. These, these next teams are who we really want to talk about, with the exception of one. Uh, <laughs> Alpha, <laughs> Alpha Tauri. Alpha Tauri, the true Italian team. They got take it or leave it. They have a Tafosi coming next year. Alpha Tauri Tafosi in Monza next year. Take it, take 100% it, hundred percent take it. Um, but the true Italian team, they did win. Daniel Undisputed Kivyet, winners of the right, day. Right, Daniel Kivyat. It was his fault that Gasly won, <laughs> which I feel bad for because he was behind Gasly. He had fresh rubber. Gasly didn't, and he said, guys, guys, I re- you really need to let me go. I've got the pace. I'm getting my tires killed behind Gasly here. I've got the pace. And he did. And they left him out there for like three or four laps. Mm-hmm. And then they pulled Gasly in to put him on fresh rubber and let Kvyat go. And it's like, oh, oh. That, that turned out badly. Um, uh, Kvyat, actually, his P9, in terms of what Alpha Tauri is reasonably accepting going into this race, P nine's not too bad for Daniel Kvyat. No, not at all. And I feel like he, I feel like a solid drive from him is going to get is not even going to. It is so overshadowed by yeah. race winner Pierre Gasly. Yes, <laughs> and oh Ra- my god! Can I say that again? It feels really nice. Twenty twenty Italian Grand Prix champion Pierre Gasly with. Alpha Tauri. With Alpha Tauri. Scuderia Alpha Tauri, I believe. Correct. And remember, 
and you got to go back. And if you're letting your friends watch this, you got to remember to tell them the story now. But don't tell them it. Tell it to them so early that they assume that's who wins. Correct. So Pierre Gasly got in unceremoniously ousted from Red Bull because he, you know, didn't have the right. He mindset. doesn't have right mind, so he doesn't right. have pace. Okay, and, and and in retrospect, yes, he's a he's fantastic talent right now uh in retrospect he was really not working out well in, in that red bull seat. no but i also think that red bull shows an incredible lack of patience with the drivers I, and they we've talked know, about this before where it's just it's all over sports right now is right. the young talent is way too sexy right now right and i i i, I am 50 50 on the decision to yeet him from red bull because i agree that you know he he was he he, he was developing they had no no patience but also Bro, Red Bull was in the fight last year more than this year, and he was really not performing. That's true. But no, and and even last year, I was I was completely on your side. Mm-hmm. I think that what this is showing us is that Red Bull doesn't help their guys develop at all. They really don't. Let's let's talk about Pierre Gasly because yes. the talk of this race we have a debate. We do have a debate. The talk of this race is Pierre Gasly. Not if when's he going back to Red Bull? Right. Which is the the presumption, and I would I would say one, um, you, you know, you know what you're, my side. You know, you know what you're doing to Alex Albon in that case. You're doing a Pierre Gasly to Alex Albon. You are just mentally filleting that poor kid. In the same way you did to Pierre Gasly. Correct. And here's <laughs> and and here's you're my committing position. the exact same mistake. You're going to and, but here's my thing, Pierre Gasly should say no. If they offer him the seat, Let's, if they helmet Markle, this is my bleep, side. Bleep, bleep, bleep. Hey there, Pierre. You come over to yep. Red Bull. He's like, you come on over to Red Bull. You clearly had the pace. I would tell him no, because first and foremost, you know for a fact that Red Bull will churn you up and spit you out, and they just don't give a toss about investing in you as a driver. And they've had their shot. You've proven that you have the talent, B, and that you can, you know. Perf- outperform a car that has no business doing what it's doing. C, your contract is up soon, and you could go anywhere. Like honestly, and I know it's not going to happen because him and him and this other driver uh, aren't that well off together. But Alpine would be be the place to go. Mm-hmm. French driver, French team with a partner French driver, Ocon. And him and Ocon do not get on. No, they don't. They they have been very public about not uh, about not liking each other. But that's what I would do. I would say no. You definitely deserve to go elsewhere. I disagree. Okay. Okay. Here's the thing: is he, I don't disagree that he is going to be the clear number two driver, and Rebel's not going to give a toss about him still, right? Uh, he's honestly not going to perform as well in Red Bull as, like, Max is, right? Obviously, because Red Bull is going to funnel everything towards Max again, and he's going to be left with a clearly inferior car on the, uh, we have a backup strategy just in case Max's isn't perfect. That's all that Alex Albon gets is the, yeah, that's the other strategy that might be within 10 seconds as quick, right? But getting consistent, you know, fifths, sixths, fourths, Blah, blah, blah. Looks a lot better on that resume than consistent nights. And I know teams look at, you know, they know the driver talent better, right? But let's suppose Mercedes, when that contract is up, Lewis Hamilton is ready to move on. George Russell moves in, but they also don't want Valtteri Bottas. Uh, Well, Pierre Gasly, I mean, he's good, but he hasn't driven 
a Mercedes quality car. He hasn't driven a front end car with that talent. I think Pierre Gasly, the next step to grow as a driver is to get in a car that is stupid faster than the one he's in right now and grow into a high quality car. Well, is it faster though? Because I think we just saw both of them outperform both of the Red Bulls on one week. I'm just on saying, one week. I'm just saying. But here, here's what I will say to that. Um, I don't think Mercedes or any other top-tier team would look at it that way. I would say that they brought up Valtteri Bottas when he had only been in a fledgling Williams. And, uh, you know, they, they do that kind of thing all the time. So, uh, yeah, no, I think uh, I think he, he should definitely say no. I also think in terms of future opportunities, saying no to Helmut Marco is going to look bad when any other team boss calls you up. It might, but I don't think it will, and here's why. Helmut Marco and Christian Horner clearly showed that they had no faith, and he's not going to go back there. And I think that any team boss would say, you know what, if I show faith, it'll be fine. Because mm. clearly he's got the talent to do it, and they just threw something away. And in Formula One, it's not respecting your, you know, your uh, – compatriots uh you know standing and you shouldn't have talked to him that way where this is concerned now where the other things are concerned yeah sure like fernando alonso slagging off honda and then being like see ya um but i would say that when they see that they would say he threw away his opportunity i'm gonna take it Mm. so that's well in helmet marco's perspective i agree or disagree you can tweet at us at formation lap 101 at tim stlf1 you can actually email us at the formation lab at 101espn.com uh email is wide open i we love to respond to those yep and uh tell us if helmet marco calls up pierre gasly can pierre gasly tell him to shove it where the sun don't shine or should he take that opportunity moving on Renault and Renault is the one team out of the four, out of the three left we just don't give a toss about. Uh, yep. Esteban Ocon, Daniel Ricciardo, P8 and P6. Uh, ultimately, a wasted opportunity to gain points, considering they finished right behind the Mercedes. Considering they finished, you know, fan- behind a fantastically finishing, uh, fantastic result from their compatriots in McLaren, AlphaTauri. Yeah. Um, kind of a wasted opportunity, but you know, six and eight isn't too bad. Yeah. They'll take it, and it it's it was a blissfully anonymous weekend. So if you're if you're Renault after last year, anonymous is what you want. So. And and hey, they finished in the points on a power circuit. Yeah, that's so that's good. Again, that Renault engine might have a little something something to it. I was gonna say, and McLaren shows that they can definitely get more out of it. Yeah. So Mercedes. Mercedes. Okay, so Oof. this is this is the big one. So let's go real quick chronologically. Okay, Kevin Magnussen. It causes a yellow flag near the entry to the pits. Pits close. They send Lewis Hamilton in. Lewis Hamilton comes back out. He is not assessed a penalty at this point, but he is under investigation. Mercedes, they complete literally one one lap. Charles Leclerc tosses himself straight into a wall, right? Uh, they red flag the race. You know, Mercedes comes in, and they get handed a 10-second Stop and go. go, which is ultimately about a 30-some-odd second penalty, uh, which is – that is a That's very a, steep penalty. That yeah. is so steep. But I that d- was prescribed before the season started. Everybody right. knew it. If you violate a pit, a closed pit entry, it is a 10-second stop-go penalty, period. Especially because the reason the pit entry is closed is because there are workers out there, and you cannot mess around with marshal safety. 
Correct. It's very easy to be like safety of the race car drivers, but these are marshals out there with cars blasting by them, even when they're slowing down for pit entry at like 150 miles an hour. Yep. Uh, so no, there's no excuse for that. No. Here's the thing: is it's really interesting that Mercedes missed that. Um, if I were a conspiracy theorist, I would say that Mercedes th- thought they could just get away with it. Um, well, which is maybe that there, you have a little bit of credence there because Lewis actually went up personally to the stewards to. Protest. Yes, Lewis went full Karen mode. I yeah, enjoyed he did. that. He did. Can, can I speak to your manager, and, FIA? And, uh, <laughs> and Martin Brundle actually said, "I don't think I would have done that if no. I were a driver." Wow. Um, so, but that is the that is the clout that Lewis Hamilton has right. as the six-time world champion. Well, and, I mean, well-deserved cloud, if I may. Yeah, but, and soon to be seven. Yeah, soon to be seven, no question about it. But, you know, I just, it, he said something about, like, there was no light at the pit entry, right? There were two. Yeah, okay, first off, yes, but second, if you're even looking at the light at the pit entry, like, there were those around, outside Parabolica, but I think he was talking, like, there's no light right at, like, the pit line or whatever, right? Right. Well, you're already committed at that point. Right, it's already Th- Those over. lights are before yeah. pit entry because if there were lights at pit entry, they wouldn't tell you anything. You're already in pit, in right. the pits. Right, and you, and you had two before. So I will like- say, if you're going by, by that at, you know, 200-whatever mile an hour, uh, when you're actually looking at those, especially on the replay, uh, yellow outline SC is really not all that different than a red outline in an X. <laughs> yeah, but, but that's, that's what these guys are trained to do. And that's why... Mercedes had a big flashing message on their board that said, you know, hey, pit lane's closed, and they didn't say anything about it. That's, well, one did at the very end. Did he? Like right before he dove in, he said, no, no, no. Or he said, oh, pit closed, and he he was already committed at that point. It was yeah. over. So he had to serve that penalty, which they did within two laps of the restart, so mm-hmm. lap 30 or so? Uh, the lab restart was uh, lap 28. So, and it was a standing restart, too, which I thought was really interesting. I love that. We can get into that in a, in a second here, but I really loved it. Yeah. But he serves that after the after the restart. He restarts, by the way, in first place, and then he has to come and serve it. He drops from, because of the way the yellows and the red flags and whatnot moved out, he didn't have any time. If it were completely green, he would have had time to move ahead of people you know, really step on it and then come in and shuffle in mid-pack. He didn't have time to do that. He only had a certain number of laps, so he moves out, moves in, takes a penalty, and comes out 23 seconds behind the pack. Behind, which was, he actually... Not not the leader, behind the tail end of the pack. Exactly, and his radio call was, and you're going to need a bleep here, Luke, uh, that, oh, that's some bullshit. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, yeah, no, it was it was interesting. Um, but, but... He did recover, and he made it through. He made it to P7, which was, it, he was within, amazing. He was within 10 seconds of Valtteri Botas. I, I don't have it exactly, but I'm pretty sure he was within 10 seconds of Valtteri Botas, and he was about 15 seconds off the lead. Yeah. So, and, you and get, Valtteri, but let's talk about Valtteri. You may, uh, I just want to say, you make that a 63 lap race, and Lewis Hamilton's probably on the podium. Yeah, he is. <laughs> or he may have won. Yeah. Um, if he made it a 54 lap race, he would have had a different winner. <laughs> but, um, but I will say Valtteri really struggled and I think it was the heat of the car. He couldn't dial up his engine at all to make passes when he needed to. You had no overtake mm-hmm, stuff. Mm-hmm. You had nothing like that. And Valtteri might be used to that. And he just didn't have the pace to move any further. Valtteri's used to being behind one car. Correct. And that engine and that that entire car is used to I don't like being behind one car, but I can I cannot be behind multiple cars. Correct. And I think that's really where you started to see because it, that ban on engine modes was like 
Yeah, it made no difference in qualifying, which it really did it. No, <laughs> it, it made did. absolutely no difference but whatsoever. But in the race, it made a massive difference. Right, because the default of that car is I'm running in clean air. The exception is I crank up the thing because I'm I crank up whatever it is because I'm behind cars and I will soon not be behind cars because it's that fast and then I default it back. So when you put that have to run that default the entire race, it is not it does not like being behind cars. No. Fair game to Mercedes. I think Valtteri Bottas is going to be struggling with that for the next few races. Absolutely. So that's what plagued him the I like, whole time. I like that Valtteri Bottas was like uh, we have we have a puncture, puncture or something, and they were, they got on the radio like, eh, it looks fine to us. <laughs> I think he was like, oh crap, I screwed up. I gotta make something up quick. Something's not right. Uh, the car is something feels bad. Yeah, yeah, sure, okay, but that is that is kind of how the race shook out for Mercedes. It was really fun to see, and I I will say that uh, for you know on the rare occasion that I agree with Crofty and with Brundle. It would be fun to see reverse grids. It would it, be fun to see them work harder than they do for the wins. It, it was, yeah, it wasn't exactly a reverse grid, but you got to see that. It, no, it, it, shu- it was just a big shuffle. Right, reverse yeah. grid would still have let Lewis Hamilton theoretically win in this, like in a clean race, right? But he would have had to fight through it, right? You would have had to see Carlos Sainz figure out a way around Pierre Gasly, right? Yeah. And Carlos Sainz would have won. Yeah, would have came in second place either way. Uh, yeah, pretty much. Carlos Sainz, let's talk about McLaren. Mm-hmm. All right, McLaren finished second and fourth, and really Lance Stroll got gifted P3. Yeah. They effectively were the second and third fastest cars. And I'm thrilled. <laughs> they get a Mercedes engine next year, uh, which they're using some of their development tokens to uh, kind of move up with mm-hmm. accommodating that Mercedes engine. But doggone. That, and that car has genuine pace. They didn't have any overtake. They didn't have anything like that. And still, Carlos Sainz was hunting down Pierre Gasly at a really impressive clip. Yeah, Carlos, uh, the McLarens as a whole, because it's easy to forget, Lando Norris had a really strong race. He did. He had a really good pace. And he played really great rear, rear tail gunner to Carlos. Yeah. He held off the 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 pink cars for most of the uh, the early stages of the race let him get a gap and then started to gap them himself and so, and mind you carlos signs uh looked pretty strong in last week as well until of course you know we had, you know it what was it it was a exhaust problem right it was something like that something yeah. like that that forced him to not even start but now that carlos signs is over a bit of bad luck i think you're seeing him be like no 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 lando norris is the number one in the future i'm the number one driver right now well, they are even on they are on par now because uh, Carlos did he put in a bonsai last minute qualifying lap mm-hmm. and he put it into P three. That was that awesome. was insane. I that didn't was expect really that. Insane. But now on the season they are they are four each. They were eight races in. They have they are even on qualifying mm-hmm. and they are even in race result. Yeah. So um, I think I think Carlos Sainz is going to pull ahead of him in the next two weeks easily. Well. I, is that your bold prediction? I don't know if that's my bold prediction. I don't I, I don't know if it's that bold. I think he just has the pace. <laughs> that's true. He does. He has really good pace and he's got the, and things are on his side, but I think the pendulum will swing toward Lando cuz Lando's pl- been playing second fiddle pretty well. Uh, he has been playing second fiddle pretty well. Also, if McLaren want to give focus on anything, they're going to give it to Lando and not Carlos because Carlos is gone. They don't have any ill will towards Carlos, but it's better in the long term to focus on Lando. Correct. Um, 
But uh, I got to tell you, if I'm Daniel Ricardo, I'm going, oh, yes, 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 daddy like. With the, That's right. <laughs> with with, with the, how the team is running. They did a double stack in the, in the pit stop. Flawless. Flawless, I- including brake lockup going in just to create the, t- the space. Yeah. And it was still flawless double stack. Yep, flawless double stack. They did really, really great. The car is developing nicely. And the team is running really well. I love Andre Seidel as the uh, mm-hmm. team principal. Um, and Zach Brown is clearly running a great outfit. So Zach Brown knows when to be hands-on, when to be hands-off. And that correct. is the most important thing in that position. And uh, the only thing I hope is that Daniel Ricardo makes the commitment to, for- to McLaren that mm-hmm. uh, Carlos Sainz did and moves to Woking to really be there to be hands-on. And I think, I think he will end oh, up being there. Oh, my God, that would be perfect. Um, all right, let's move into the news real quick because yes. I had a chat with uh, Gil Deferrand and uh, Taylor Keel, yep. uh, both of with Aero McLaren, uh, Aero McLaren SP, excuse me, and we're talking McLaren IndyCar stuff. I don't, I didn't just have a chat with them. Is a media availability? I sat in on a press conference. Okay, pump the brakes. This was Thursday, uh, and they they did say something that we now know is true which is IndyCar uh will be racing in mid ohio next week so we will have an IndyCar review i know you all love those um but taylor keel and gilda ferron both said like basically on thursday yeah we have all our stuff packed we're ready to go we're planning on being in mid ohio next week uh so that was to me i was like okay well if that doesn't break by the time you know this happens we have a story but uh taylor keel uh said some stuff about just kind of the state of McLaren, uh, Aero McLaren SP, and he, he's the managing director at Aero McLaren, McLaren SP, but he talked about having to tell Pato Award to kind of think about just the the big picture. He's like, think about the bigger picture. You're running second. Think about the bigger picture when he was at Worldwide Technology Raceway, and he's like, it's really weird having to tell a 21-year-old to think about the bigger picture of a championship points race <laughs> and not just, no, go for it. But uh, highlighted, though, that... Uh, that Pato Award is very mature in thinking that. I did want to say, though, that he said something about Jimmy Johnson. They were asked directly if Jimmy Johnson was going to be a part of the team next year, and he basically was like, I can't comment on it, um, but we're focused on this year, and Jimmy would want us to be focused on this year as well. He's focused on you know, his last year in NASCAR. We're focused on our first year in uh, IndyCar. IndyCar and I, the the undertone was like, I know Jimmy pretty well. We're going to be focused on this year. It, there was a bit of an undertone of like. In other words, Jimmy Johnson did Aero McLaren SP confirmed. It, yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you <laughs> the, heard it the here click, The sometime. clickbait corner over here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm going full Daily Mail. Uh, one of the interesting things I thought, too, was uh, they kind of hopped around this question a little bit, but they did hint at this. Uh, one of the reporters uh, asked, I believe it was Mandy Curry, I want to say, but uh, she asked, hey, uh, does, you know, is there any truth to the fact that, like, the McLaren hasn't really hit full effect in the Aero McLaren SP team? As in, this partnership is kind of unprecedented between huge car manufacturer and indie car team, right? Right. Um, and, you know, COVID prevents a lot of things from going overseas back and forth. True. A whole lot. And they kind of hinted that, like, yeah, you know, next year will basically be, like, a, f- a fuller punch of McLaren power, if you will. Um, now, 
granted, that's just, you know, people working on it, you know, resources. It's a lot of resources. Right. But I thought that was very interesting, and I didn't think about the fact that, like, oh, you know, McLaren doesn't exactly being based in in England. In the UK, yeah. Yeah, doesn't exactly have the ability to provide as much as they possibly could in terms of shipping people to the United States or shipping people from the United States over to the UK. Right. Um, so that's, that was an interesting thing. I don't have the audio right now. I could go cut it, but honestly, with Monza here, we, we prepped for Monza the entire time. So good. Oh, so, so good. Tim, we have other news. Uh, yes. You want to talk about Renault? I do. Uh, as we hinted we at this. Or yeah. we, no, we straight up said it. Yeah. Uh, Renault will be changing names. Last week, uh, early in the week, um, Cyril Elbeatable was named head of the Alpine Racing Division. Is it Alpine somehow. or Alpine? Alpine. Alpine. Um, Which is the same word. It's just the French pronunciation. Correct. So... Uh, it was no. It came as no surprise that Renault wanted to do a reshuffle, as they've been completely re-examining their entire uh, portfolio of racing and things like that. They don't want. They want their cars to be all electric soon, and they don't want to be seen. the The only th- division of Renault, the entire Renault group, that will be internal combustion, will be Alpine. So they wanted to rebrand and market that more. Well, um, and when you think about it too, uh, when you picture a Renault, does is that a Formula One company? When you, when you look at a little Renault Clio, are you thinking of a Formula One company? It's true. Uh, no, no. But no, you're not. Um, it, they are they are more everyday cars, not these specialty cars. Right. Um, but Even Mercedes-Benz uh, fits it better. You know? Correct. But we will be saying goodbye to the yellow and black, and we'll be saying hello to the French... Uh, I think I think blue, it's blue, white, and red. Yeah, blue, white, and red. Blue, I think white, it's, and red. Yeah. So it'll be a it'll be an interesting new color scheme. There being a few markup uh, markups, yeah. markups, uh, you know, like the Sean Bull type stuff that you see on on social media. So they're they're but they're going to be going that way. So it's a major rebrand that's happening uh, along with Aston Martin, which we assume will be Aston Martin Racing Green, uh, British um, Racing Green, and Aston yeah. Martin Racing Green are like the same color for a reason. So. Exactly. So, and I hope that it's kind of like their WEC car where it's got some neon in it. Yeah, like neon yellowish highlighter green. Yeah, that'd be kind of cool. And then a base dark racing green. Yeah, that'll be very cool. Yeah. Um, but so uh, we won't have a yellow car next year. Luke. No, yeah, we're going to have Alpine. Um, Tim, take it or leave it. You had to Google that Alpine was still a company before you realized, uh, weren't they on the Grand Tour or were they on the Top Gear a while back? I remember them being on top on Top Gear yeah. when James May said it's Alpine and Jeremy Clarkson busted his balls for it. He was like, <laughs> "It's called what?" <laughs> the French know. Uh, so it'll be very interesting to see uh, how this actually pans out. But uh, I expect decent things from them. Yep, and uh, we are going to wrap that up. That's that'll cons- constitute your news. We have Toto Wolf stuff we'll get into as it develops a little more. Uh, just for now, he says that he's got one more year at Mercedes. We'll kind of de- delve into that deeper when a little more quote shakeout. Um, Tim, would you like to give out one award? Because the wreck of the week, I feel like, isn't fair. I'm sorry, the yikes of the week. Oh, yeah, sorry. The yikes of the week, I feel like, isn't fair because Ferrari are retired from yikes of the week, and they you are. can't not and give it to Ferrari. Nobody else agree. comes even close to that, and it would be making a mountain out of a molehill if if you didn't give it. So I think, Tim, that that means it's time for your absolute favorite award. Don't act like you don't love this award. It's time for the people. Champion! 
There you go, buddy. Your pipes are working nicely today, sir. Oh, they are. Uh, my, Very <laughs> nicely indeed. It's funny because not recording, my voice is actually fairly scratchy. Um, so You're doing great today. Yeah, I'm feeling um, good. Look good, feel good. Uh. But, Luke, there's only re- one real option. Yeah, there's, I, I don't even want to do anybody the disservice of nominating. Well, I don't want to say disservice. We, we have to acknowledge the also-rans, right? Right. And it's totally unfair that anybody's even in the same class, but it would be unfair to McLaren if we did not give them an official nod. Correct. An official, like, tip of the hat. You, you had a good week. McLaren, yeah, and specifically Carlos Sainz. Mm-hmm. For bucking the team and being like, no, I'm going for it. Carlos Sainz was the best car on that, was the second best car on that track, and was the best car at the front of that race. Yep, and uh, he he looked phen- phenomenal. McLaren looked phenomenal. They both deserve nominations. Yep. But. It's a disservice to our winner, Pierre Gasly, if we even mention McLaren in the same breath as Pierre Gasly. Yep. It was you, to, to know that that kid got demoted, lost his best friend. And just, you know, professionally, he should have been buried. That he didn't was, even know if he it. had a future in F1 this year. Correct. For him to come back and win in Monza in one of the toughest years I could ever imagine, that's people's champ stuff. That is people's champ. This might be the first wall of shame to people's champ flip-flop. I would say so. Because I, I think that I think he was, and he was, I think that was good enough that he gets yanked off the wall of shame. Oh, he's already off the wall of shame. I believe he was off the wall of shame as of Brazil last year. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. I think, no, I think we, put, we, we, we put him off the wall of shame in Brazil. Because he was up there still. I, Maybe we put him on probation. I, I, and then we just forgot about him. I know I know he's not on the wall of shame right now. So <laughs> Well, our wall of shame it needs well, to be reconstructed. It does need to be reconstructed. Here's I'm looking thing, at a guys, wide open white thing. I do. Yeah. We got a new. We have a new board on the boat um, that we need to mark up. But yeah. Pierre Gasly. Uh, People's champion. Holy champion. cow. Sir. Well, well done. I did see some quotes that he's open to returning to Red Bull, so maybe Red Bull continues to do Red Bull things. Personally, I hope he doesn't. Um, yeah. I, but it, I do think that he will be the car I buy this year. If it, Yeah, yeah, for real. If Red Bull moves on to Pierre Gasly, I'm not saying that that's a, like, a terrible move in terms of like Pierre Gasly's a good driver. I'm saying that that's a move that Red Bull learned nothing about the initial firing of Pierre Gasly. Right. Um. So one last thing, Tim, uh, we would like to dedicate this episode before we wrap up yeah. uh, to one of the finest citizens of our great city of St. Louis that has that we have ever seen that will ever exist. Uh, Lou Brock passed away. And I know all of you guys are racing fans. You're like, who is this? He was a Cardinal great. And one of the things about Lou Brock was he was a Hall of Fame baseball player, 3,000 hits, which is rarefied air. Um, but he was more to that more to the city than just a ball player he was the a, one of the kindest men you'll ever meet genuinely sweet human being yeah and no matter how long signings took he stayed no matter how you know insignificant seeming a fan might be he would say hi he was just a sweet human being if you wore cardinal gear just out and lou brock was around he would walk up to you and be like i love your colton wong jersey yeah. that is a I, you know what i'd like about colton wong right yeah. i i know a guy who ran into him at dick's sporting goods right and what was he doing lou brock first off was very kind Could, didn't seem like he was wasting a second of you know of his time right but he was out buying like hundreds of baseball bats for underprivileged uh, youth across st louis and he was just a titan of the city, one of the finest uh, 
citizens that our city will ever have. Um, so that was that was a like I I know I cried a little bit, Tim. I'm pretty sure you cried as well. That was a big oh, yeah. loss. Yeah, that was that was a crushing blow. Yeah. Um, and, you know the 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 thing is is that he showed he was an example for the entire city of what decency looks like, mm-hmm. and they missed. They don't. They they broke that mold. Yeah, he was. Uh, so this one is for you, sweet Lou. Um, so I had to stand up there, and uh, your legacy will never be forgotten. So to Lou Brock, this episode is dedicated. Uh, I, I really don't know how to end it. Otherwise, we we have kind of a funny clip. <laughs> do you want to do you want to use that? Yeah, sure. Uh, uh, so just to set the stage a little bit, I got bored because Luke. I lost my phone like a <laughs> child. <laughs> he lost his phone, so I decided to have to have some childish fun of my own. So enjoy uh, my shenanigans. All right, we'll see you guys next week. See if he includes that in the outro. That'd be funny. Ooh, ooh, ooh.